Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review. Each week we're catching up on the movies we missed while we were fulfilling our parental obligations, and the often painfully awful things our kids watch now, and it seems we've expanded the scope to include TV shows we watched when we were kids so we can slate those things too for some reason. Uh, regular listeners will know about my attempts to establish fact from fiction where it comes to one of the co-hosts, Sidey. But this week I have had very little, I'm afraid, but I did get an email this week with a picture. Now, I don't know whether you can see that picture there. Yes. Do you know... Innocent and... Have you seen? Do you recognise the... Do you recognise this place? No. There's, there's some bell-bottom trousers, so this has gone back way in time. Sort of... This is Dallas. Okay, this is that is, a grassy knoll? This is the grassy knoll. And now, if I just <laughs> zoom in here, you can't <laughs> see this, but... It's quite clear when it's you zoom. It's pretty clear that... And it's clearly not been photoshopped that Sidey is there... Yeah, at the grassy, the knoll. grassy knoll. So that with our yeah. Followers. So what do you have to say about that? It came from an anonymous source. So no comment. No comment. <laughs> Probably wisest at this juncture. It's not yeah. amazing, like podcast content. Visual. A visual, a visual gag. Well, but you guys, I mean, your reaction said it yeah. all. Yeah. yeah, I was shocked to see Sidey on the grassy mm. knoll in Dallas in 1960. I know. I moisturise, that's why Something. I'm still so youthful in my looks, despite having been <laughs> there so many years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's that then. But we've also, of course, got the man without a plan, the human word salad generator, Dan. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Peter Andre in the house. Good night. Hello, hello. Hi. Uh, anybody watched anything this week? No, it's, it's mainly been the homework and the the football. The yes, it's a shame for on. listeners who want to tune into like a movie review podcast mm. to get away from the football that's going <laughs> on everywhere. They've they've really it's going to suck for them this week a bit. Well, isn't they, it? they've stumbled into potentially something that could give them an extra buzz when they're in between games, and if you're unsure of what games and football films and what films with balls you might have mm. uh, missed out on. We're going to put you right. This is going to happen. I, I've watched football. I took some time out to record for a rival podcast at the Boo. weekend. And I also finished Don't Fuck With Cats. I watched the last two episodes of that, which kind of like came to a... It runs out of steam a bit, it doesn't it? It did run out of steam, even to the point where there's this potential other character slash suspect that gets introduced in the last one but immediately just it's pretty fucking dark how yeah. like the, the the lengths that this guy goes to to sort of like a year and a half before he killed anyone he was like trying to set up an alibi with this like other character that didn't actually exist by going to a lawyer and talking about him and so on so it's, it's quite Clever and calculated, but ultimately he got caught. He chopped up a Chinese man, and uh, he's probably going to be in prison for a little while. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You did remind me actually. I started watching Lupin again, which is the oh, season two season dropped season the other two day, didn't dropped. it? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's currently on Omar the watcher. Yeah, Omar Sy currently on the uh, on the Watchertron. Yeah. yeah, I need yeah. to finish season one. I haven't done that yet, but I've been ploughing through uh, Twin Peaks. Ooh, it's yeah. such a joy. I've actually seen your, because uh, we, we share a login, I've seen your progress on that. Episode five? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched as many as I'd like to have this week, but um, the England game, amongst others, got in the way. That was dreadful. That All was the joy out of watching Absolutely pathetic. But there we go. Twin Peaks was excellent. And uh, then just homework assignments, really. And I doubled down on the one of the homework assignments, but we can get to that later on. Okay, okay, interesting. I watched the Friends reunion. Oh, we, we will off. watch that, 
but I haven't yet. So I know it, all about it. James wow. Corden's in it. You like a yeah. horror, though, and don't you? Corden is—he's not even half as talented as and funny as he thinks he is, which still makes him the funniest person on the planet <laughs> in in his eyes. Yeah, really, really weird. I mean, Matthew Perry—he's in a bad way. Isn't he, he is not good, and he's different as well. Just he seems so much taller. What, and, what's happened? Is it substance abuse? Where's he was—he yeah, he was addicted to painkillers, amongst other things, and also he has like crippling anxiety about how unfunny he is well he's right to be <laughs> anxious about that it was it was sad i mean only uh joey just looked like a, he's like fat and fit. he's just like he's content he's the only one yeah. who's actually happy and he's just like yeah, yeah i made a load of money and now i keep <laughs> banging fat. chicks off the basis of that and i eat a lot of steak yeah like eating a lot <laughs> yeah. what, what a gag it's just the gag that keeps on running him like eating an extra slice of pizza and stuff well Fucking he's doing genius. it for real now did and- you see <laughs> i think i shared it on our whatsapp group the james corden sort of musical thing about covid and vaccinations and stuff i don't i didn't watch it because i played it's it worse Cats. worse than cats wow <laughs> i swear to god it's worse wow. than cats west ham fan though dan you he's can right. try and he's, defend him he's all right but i read I like him. matthew perry throughout the whole thing seems like totally drugged and i read that he'd had like they'd put a press release out saying he'd had a dental procedure and a tooth extracted and some with a painkillers extra and that's large why. syringe and i was like okay that's half plausible that's when then, you, that's when you time it for isn't it yeah. well i kept googling and i found that at the friends 20 year reunion with graham norton matthew perry also had slurred speech and uh, and had had a dental appointment on the same day with an immediate so that is actually really really sad because the program itself whether or not, I mean, did you like Friends? Yeah. Yeah, did you like Friends? No, it was wank. Wank. Some were good, some weren't. It that was great. pretty funny, especially. It started, off, it started off quite well, and it was. It, it got silly. And, it hung around um, for far too long, but, but I, it I was like a the people, pretty funny program, and you can still, it's an easy thing to just put on exactly. in the background. Yeah. yeah. And it's a shame because they, they did a but they make 20 million a year out <laughs> I, of royalties. I so. did actually put it on the other day because my daughter was in having a dinner. She wanted to watch something, and I was didn't want to put on something that she you know that was my choice that she wouldn't like so i put on friends thinking this is completely and utterly vanilla like we can all three mm. of us sit and watch it and she said and i'm not even exaggerating this is verbatim which said can we watch literally anything else <laughs> <laughs> she's a girl with good taste yeah. i like that yeah. <laughs> very good very good have we got a top five to finish off from last week yes that was stairs stairs yeah I mean, we were we were absolutely inundated with Home Alone ones, yeah, this or is various good. ones, and the ice on the steps. The uh, there was loads. So thank you. Keep, do keep them coming in. Mm. Sidey looks very uncomfortable. Oh, we've had loads. For, it just gets mentioned for anything. Now. <laughs> I don't know. Were there any others that were worthy of going into the top five? Well, there's certainly no better than Home Alone. The, the big omission from our top five. Oh, we was had the Rocky. Rocky. We had Rocky as well. We did have Rocky a number of times. Mel gave us Rocky, I think. Somebody did, definitely gave us yeah, Rocky. Yeah, it should probably find its way in there, shouldn't All it? All right, yeah. it's in. Rocky steps. Great stare for it. This week's top five, though. Yeah, it's Dan. balls. Okay, when you announced it last week on the pod, I think it was more specific... Mm. It was very specifically football. But when you mentioned it on the group WhatsApp chat, it said balls in movies. So I've run with that. Yeah. Fuck you if you think we're just doing football. Because no, no, I've also it made life a little net. bit easier. I've well, mostly what, concentrated on football. Well, I only exclusively went with association football. Mm, Fuck American football, it's shit. Same with I Australia, got Aussie rules football. 
this was football football like as mm. we know it yeah and that so, made it quite hard actually yeah I it did so i have gone with some just balls okay okay well i i, I had raging ball but i took that one out <laughs> yeah <laughs> reservoir dogs remember? yeah <laughs> dogs gone then dan you set the ball rolling okay so like that like that i i'm gonna set the ball rolling with dodgeball dodge can you remember right. the can you remember the no, the instructions. Like, dodge, duck, dive, dip. No, and dodge, do- duck, dive. dip, dive, and dodge. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of dodging going on there. This was really my choice to prove that it wasn't just about footballs, right. that we could have talked about any balls. And I think Pete and I have been much more true to, you know. And I think we're both way sounder. Yeah. As well, a result. I remember seeing the trailer for this film in the cinema and thinking, what a load of yeah. shit. I'm not going really anywhere near this. that. So I didn't see it for a good couple of years after it came out. And obviously, once you s- I saw it, fucking loved it. It's loved amazing. it. That, that pirate character in it is just <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Just pirate Steve or whatever it is. Steve uh, the Pirate, yeah. yeah. Globo Jim. We um, saw a guy in Vegas, fancy, well, I assume fancy dressing as Steve the Pirate, and went up to him to get... To get a photograph, and he's like, "No, fuck off!" No. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you are dressed like you know. Yeah, you're dressed like yeah. a pirate. Yeah. Have I you mean, ever what you doing? Played dodgeball. It seems like I have. Quite, I've yeah. been in a dodgeball tournament. Have you? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Was I, it I better or worse than the cat to this day have what I think specifically dodgeball boots? And then there's boxing like, things. Yeah, they're like no, they're, they were just boxing boots that yeah. I bought. But I wore them in a dodgeball competition. Yeah, and it was like a, you know they, we had some mullet wigs and some some like sweatbands and headbands and stuff. And yeah, played in a really fucking time. And and when you chuck the balls, it's like it's not like you know you want it to be like a firm ball that you're yeah, gonna throw and like it's gonna really hurt somebody like a wrench. Yeah. yeah, but no, it's, it wasn't as much fun as I thought it would be. But yes, I have played dodgeball. What balls did I use then? If so they're like, not like basketball kind, isn't it? Yeah, no, you can pick them up soft, one hand. Yeah, you? yeah, they're kind so, of like. So you can do the quick grab and throw. I mean, I don't know if I was using like official dodgeball association balls. Not much of a The American Dodgeball Association of America. Yeah. 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 Medicine ball. One thing that felt like there's so many brilliant lines that that Mm. came out Mm. of that film, especially around like Ben Stiller's like, I I like him in some stuff and I fucking hate him in other things. And this is one that I really, his character is amazing in this. It's his best role, I think. Yeah. I don't know. He's pretty, Zoolander as well is really funny. It is pretty good. Yeah. um, It's me. White, W H I T, E. He's great. Yeah. I'm going to start off with. Well, I'm going to actually do some football films, and I'm going to go with a big iconic football film called Escape to Victory. I believe 1981. Yeah. And what well, this film was kind of confusing as a kid because it it kind of spliced like actors. And yeah, Ipswich and Ipswich Town football and, players. And, and, yeah, yeah. And, Walk. and it was it was really sort of like that part of it was confusing to yeah, the point no, where I when agree. I was young, I was like, oh, I didn't realise Michael Caine was really good at football, or <laughs> albeit I don't think he actually plays. I didn't realise Bobby Moore fought in the war. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I like how what they've done is because there's people like Pele and Ozzy Ardiles in it, and obviously Brazil and Argentina went heavily involved in the in the Second World War. They've had to then give their characters like different sort of nationalities mm. and so on. But I mean, yeah, this was it was a great game of football, albeit slightly weighted in in favour of the Germans. But and something that I that not that long ago somebody was saying to me, oh yeah, and like when like they get the winner and everything, I was like, no, it was a fucking draw. Yeah, it was a full draw. draw. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Hatch, Sylvester Stallone, he saves a penalty at one stage. Yeah, but he's shit. Though, yeah, he's got he is terrible. shit. Apparently, Gordon Banks was like a like a he was creative director on the film, <laughs> I'm going to say. But he they used him 
to kind of give Sylvester Stallone some tips, but I didn't really pay off. <laughs> no. I, I heard that he actually fancied himself as a goalkeeper. And then, <laughs> out of fucking yeah, death. actually fancied himself as a goalkeeper and then took um, a cash money bet with Pelé that he would save at least one penalty out of ten and then Pelé just buried them all, obviously. Because he's Pelé, he's Sylvester Stallone in goal. goal. Yeah. But he just had to prove the point because like Stuart Stallone wasn't... He's never going to be short of confidence, though, is he? Sly, he's no, gonna no absolutely not. He, he will back himself yeah. every single Have time. Have I totally <clears throat> made this up, Daniel? Or did you, did you at any stage in your uh, footballing career, encounter Ozzy Ardiles? I did, actually, yeah. And when I say yeah. encounter... Like, well, you how, didn't play... We were on the same pitch. That's yeah. so yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. They played the against Ozzy Ardiles. yeah. He came wow. on in uh, an exhibition And this game. was probably what? He was making With his debut. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a young lad, yeah, at the time. Brilliant, but really good film. and um, Very yeah. loosely based on a true story yeah, yeah, in Ukraine, match. but with a much more depressing ending where the Nazis forced the Ukrainian team to play several matches against them as a publicity stunt. And when they lost them, they had them tortured, shipped off to work camps and executed. Yeah. So that, they, and they didn't do even, that in um, this version. No, they didn't do that in this version. Even that story, though, does apparently that's that's been embellished I think that they were like, just pris- executed prisoners. <laughs> yeah there's no torturing involved um, and yeah no they they did they were prisoners of war so they weren't executed because they beat them in football they just eventually like I think of the however many players that were involved like seven seven of them were, were eventually killed in in the concentration camp so that's all fine yeah yeah so I'll forgive them for that yeah but yeah, based, loosely based on a true story. Really good film. Check it out. So. It's not. I don't like it. Oh, fuck off. Why and not? It, because, I, because, and I'm sorry to rain on your parade, football movies are just shit. Mm. For the most well, part, they are. Yeah. The subject of this, football movies. This isn't one. I, I think this is a, a really good movie, Escape to Victory. I'll I thought it was a, this isn't a football film. It I also is. massively hate Pele. Pele and I can't, I can't leave that to one Why? side. I'm afraid. Why? Because he's an arrogant fucking prick, and he lies about his goal scoring records. And I just don't think he's that fucking good. And like, wow. um, in the midweek mention, he also can't get a stiffy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, big yeah. fan of a floppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, I've got Jeffrey Lebowski taking a bath when some <laughs> ruffians bust into his apartment. It's the autobahn yeah. dudes. Where's the fucking money, Lebowski? One of them picks up a bowling ball. And says, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of the best lines of all time. He just replies with, obviously, you're not a golfer. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. so fucking good. Sets the tone for my favourite comedy of all time. Yeah. Um, it is a fucking absolute 10 out of 10 movie. Yeah, I'm glad you wedged that in there. <laughs> Airbud 3, World <laughs> Pup. It was the first direct-to-video sequel in the Puppy Fondling franchise. <laughs> Frustratingly bland, as all of these movies are, employing the absolute standard for these movies where you get some bumbling criminals. Often people working in animal welfare roles, but they specifically seem to want to harm the animals that are under their protection, which is an odd thing. And then you get some sort of fledgling romantic sexual tension between 14 year olds that screenwriters always feel compelled to write into these things my daughter was mad on these movies for a while which is why i bring it up anything to do with dogs playing football or basketball <laughs> or whatever i've seen most of them i can tell you this has a huge advantage other over other over other canine sporting movies in that a dog could almost conceivably play football i don't think in not in the premier league but <laughs> 
you know, the, the ball is, is on the ground for the most part. You could teach a dog to dribble, I think. They're pacey. They've got decent pace. It's totally within the rules of the game to use your face. And, uh, you know, who in their right mind would sliding tackle a dog? This one, Josh falls for Emma, who's a football player from England. Just as his pup Bud falls for her dog, whatever the fuck it was called, they there's some football. Air Bud proves much better at seducing women than Josh because he ends up a father by wow. the end of the movie where they do, in fact, win the football tournament. So not really a movie I could recommend, but a movie that's got football in it. <laughs> better than, than the other choices then that didn't have football in. Yeah, Dan, your choice. Yeah, but what do you think um, about that idea of a dog playing in... in at like, depends on the breed, at, I suppose. At the top level, yeah, it would. It, I think. You wouldn't yeah, want a chihuahua. Not necessarily the top level, but say... A dash hound's no good. In the park. You're going to want, yeah. want a greyhound or something quick. Something aggressive. But something with a bit of... You'd have like a... You know, like a Great Dane at centre half. That's yeah. true. I think yeah, a couple, a couple of Newfoundlands. Maybe like a, a Burmese mountain dog in goal. A poodle, yeah. a poodle on the wing. Just no, looking good. Whip it on the wing. Yeah, if you're wing, playing wing yeah. backs, you probably want to whip it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And none of those would have got a shout in ID. Do you ever remember that film? Yeah. yeah. So Shadwell Army. I hate British, all of these. A British film. Well, this was the first one I yeah. watched this kind of ilk. Agreed, yeah. Um, so they're always about West Ham. And no, this, this one's about Millwall. Shadwell Army. This one's Millwall. So this was a, a fictional club firm. called, yeah, firm called Shadwell Army. Yeah, but they, which, that, the Millwall fans shout something about Shadwell at the moment, don't they? So it's basically Millwall. Oh, maybe. And maybe. they are, I mean, if you don't know, they are basically... They're pieces of shit. They're yeah. horrible. They're the worst kind of football thug. Yeah, these, these are football hooligans. And, and this film has two policemen who have to infiltrate the, the firm and actually end up going a little bit too far and enjoying it themselves yeah. to the point where they're actually the ones causing most of the trouble afterwards. But it's it's a film with no real huge stars or none that it's I saw. It's got Sean Pertwee's in it. The, yeah, yeah a couple of people came from it, but they weren't sort of mega stars no. at the time. Or it's got a, quite a high factor of... I've seen him in an episode of Doctors. Yes. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. So they're a bit of a who's who of British actors and things and supporting actors that made up this this film of football hooligan and the, the firm behind him. I really like this. I mean, it's one that I haven't been able to mention into other yeah, yeah. weeks. So The uh, football bits to... are good. It does capture the, like when the goals are being scored and that sort of thing, it really captures those euphoric moments. Like yeah. that is good. And then also the euphoric moments of like stabbing a guy in the neck with a bottle as well. <laughs> and, and, and being kind of tested by the other people are you is he who he says he is is it you know because they had to go through to prove that they really were who mm. they said they were so they had to have the history of the club and i've been supporting him that long since jimmy johnson scored that goal in, you know all that kind of thing uh yeah it's worth checking out it reminds me or no it doesn't remind me i feel like it goes hand in hand with scum and stuff like that around yeah. the same era and that things yeah. that people used to like just because they were violent they'd always talk about these violent scenes and i like, oh, fuck off yeah, no, well, this wasn't, like it. it's had a little more than just violence in it, but I certainly it was in, in and around that time. Well, Scum of, was really good as well. Of Scum, mm. yeah, yeah but, it was. It was out, Ray Winston, mm. kind of, there's some balls in that as well, weren't they? When he's yeah. got these snooker balls. Snooker balls in his Now's the yeah. daddy, bang. And now he's in cats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Ray. Ray. Um, I, I didn't actually right. 
go for I didn't even think to have those like football hooligan films or whatever but I want to mention before The Firm one of Gary Oldman's yeah. sort of like oldest films Tom Cruise for one of his first no not that one yeah one of his first films really strong acting performances and quite sort of intimidating and it's not that one's not Bleak all about the violence it's, it's about the fact that these are like normal people they go there he's an accountant and he like wears a suit all the time and then at the weekend he's like a maniac but so uh, so because i did just stick to purely football films and i think you're right sidey that like not many of them are any good mm. i've i've peaked way too early with the skate to victory yeah. and so i'm going to mention so all i'm going to do is talk mention films that i have seen that are football films yeah one that i did actually enjoy is mean machine i'm running out of films <laughs> Statham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to the call Statham. him Statham because it's another yeah, great his name. It's another yeah, yeah, great yeah, yeah. goalkeeping performance. The monk. The monk. Yeah, and and obviously Vinnie Jones. He is. He plays like I think the, like the disgraced England captain. He's he's like taking a bung to f- throw a match or something. I think he like that's what he's doing a stretch for. Right? Yeah, I would imagine. Is, so, yeah. um, is Jason Statham more convincing as a psychotic goalkeeper or? Vinnie Jones is England's football <laughs> captain. <laughs> um, what, what I would say, without answering your question, what I would say is Jason Satham, I think, is meant to be Scottish yeah, is, in this yeah, film. Yeah. And his Scottish, Scottish accent is worse than yours, Dan. Like, you would get some... You know what saying that, Paul, I guess. <laughs> Um, what's all the facial stuff as well it's a lot goes into that it's like Um, so yeah it's 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 another similar storyline to escape to victory in that it's like the 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 cons against the screws it's a remake of the longest Longest yard yeah Yeah, with spurt reynolds so who yeah like what a hero this film wasn't awful it was quite entertaining it's got people like omid jalili in it and (laughs) it's um yeah, it's kind of like ludicrous in parts, but I got on board with it and I've, I think I've watched it more than once even. We had, cast your mind back, an under-18s player, The Wands, who was nicknamed The Monk, remember? Yeah, because he was, he was just as erratic yeah. in goal. Less less of a maniac, more just terrible at goalkeeping. Mm, but yeah, yeah, that's that's my second football film. Okay, I'm going to go with a documentary. It's oh. about my favourite football player, Paul Gascoigne. Nice. I think it's simply called Gascoigne. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it. I have, yeah. It's quite it's an very emotional illuminating, one. Especially at the start when he talks about his years when he was like in digs, living with an old lady, you know, who would look after him. And then his, his, he was going off to play footy with his one of his pals, who I think was hit by a car. Yeah. And died, killed, yeah. basically died, you know, in, almost in Gaz's arms. And you see these sort of trigger things happening that you can kind of understand why he was a bit messed up and mm. stuff. Like that. Aside from having like, you know, massive learning difficulties and all the rest of it. And I think the the lady that he was living with died and he'd broken her toaster. I think he says, I promised her I'd buy her a new toaster. And, you know, he was really, he's still cut up. You can see he was cut up about, he never got a chance to do that. What a prick. And uh, selfish. <laughs> and then all these other things. But also just an incredible footballer. Mm. Um, seeing loads of it at the moment because the Euro 96 keeps getting mm. rehashed on the telly at the well, moment. We don't do many documentaries and I, I didn't add them into this. I, you know, there's the portrait of a, a genius of the Zidane one. And there's, oh, he's, that that's one. my <laughs> favourite footballer but of all it, time. Which is absolutely fantastic. But it's almost worth us maybe doing a a whole top five on documentaries oh, definitely. and things one time. Because but we could even some, have sports documentaries. We could even have that. Yeah. Because who knows? We are really uh, what running out of topics. Is, um, 
<laughs> I think Gazza's got the same dentist as Matthew Perry because Gazza seems mm. to be quite slurry yeah. nowadays yes. as well. So I saw him getting interviewed just recently about something and he was a sorry state, really. Although you know. he was recently on an Italian TV show speaking Italian from back in, obviously, his That's days where he burping was... Burping down the microphone. <laughs> no, it was, you know, actually like speaking Italian and looking sort of quite healthy and lucid. I, I don't mean, know. Italy, he'll be absolutely fine. But over here, he's still considered yeah. like he's struggling. People, you know, people would buy him booze and I just think, what are you doing? Like yeah. enabling someone I mean, who's it is, again, die. for people who don't know who, who we're talking about, he, he was a quite a tragic... Yes, I say was, he's not dead, but it is quite a tragic character in that he was probably the sort of like the biggest, like, probably the most talented. Yeah. A generation of talent. I'd say probably the most talented English footballer ever. And he became, he was shot to sort of superstardom in, in, as part of a World Cup in, in 1990. And 21 years old. Never, was never able to, I don't think, deal with, with, mm. with the celebrity and everything because he was quite a simple guy in terms of he just wanted to muck around with his mates, go fishing, play video play games. Pranks. Yeah. And, and it kind of put him in, in like a, situation that I don't think he knew how to deal with and, and it all turned to drink drugs and, there was and everything other else stuff as well when you look into well, I think it's mentioned in the documentary about the, the phone tapping thing where you know the News of the World or whoever it was was releasing stuff about mm. him and he was then going to his family saying you know you fucking dumb me over and it wasn't it was like Piers Morgan and those cunts like you know yeah. tapping, tapping his, his phone, phone and, 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 and just completely like dismantling someone without what was the other one? going on you shouldn't let the other one get away with it as well the one who fucking can't remember his name. God damn it! The I one saw who, who um, did it all. Yeah, I know who you mean because I was watching. I was watching YouTube clips. Well. He was on Newsnight, and Steve Coogan was tearing into him. I know the guy you mean. It was, oh, and he's yeah. saying he was trying to defend that sort of behaviour, saying oh, it's all right. In yeah. any case, let's go back to football. Yeah, I've got a couple of real footballers in films. I thought that was okay. sort of a little yeah. twin, Have twist. Got basic instinct too. Of course, I've got basic instinct <laughs> too. Oh, I know who you mean. Sharon Stone reprising her role as Catherine Trammell mm. in the 2006 sequel to 1992's gleefully trashy base instinct this time morrissey becomes a victim of her seductive games not the miserable northern bigot but oh, david no. morrissey an actual shakespearean <laughs> actor neil morrissey yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's just reduced to like awkward fumbling with you know like between people who are only a little bit more glamorous looking than your parents but it's got serial woman puncher and dogging fan stan collymore <laughs> he played for nottingham forest liverpool in england he unknowingly takes a drug which paralyzes his lungs and then he has sex with sharon stone while driving his car and crashes off a bridge drowning this is brilliant i only discovered this today it, the film is the fifth element did anybody come across this football journeyman one size fits hall actually <laughs> oh hall. yeah he's, yeah he's one a size in, it, in isn't the he? fifth element he yeah. played he's he's as a 16 year old he was in the fifth element yeah oh, what an amazing thing the best nickname of all time and it's well. a great yeah. name yeah one size fits all so there you go fantastic well i i'm gonna go for tennis there, there's a few good tennis films actually that have come out in a relatively short period of time. There was a battle of the sexes. I don't know if you caught that oh, one. Oh, Billie Jean. Billie Jean King playing tennis against Steve Carroll. Although Emma Stone, still... is it? Possibly. Yeah. And it's it's a true kind of story where Billie Jean King was said, you know, she was obviously a fantastic tennis player, but this one television presenter or this one if it's a pro or someone who said oh, you know you say steve carell yeah yeah i think someone had said like i could be like he's you know, he's like the guy from 40 year old yeah. virgin yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so he's yeah. basically said, plays billy jean king in a tennis match y- yeah but it's not he's the out the other actor who's also a 
Yeah, he's like a television presenter, or he's he's like a, a pundit who says, "Right, I I could beat her. I could beat any of the female pros." And then suddenly, this starts to become a thing, and they they have this match, and all the publicity and behind that, and I remember kind of this, yeah. waving it up as well, saying, "Yeah, I'll beat her. Of course, I'll beat her." We're, you know, being really sexist and everything yeah. with it. So that that was a good movie actually, and there was another one called Seven Days in Hell, and I don't know if you. have Caught up with that. Is that one. the Macamu one? Is it? It is Has the it got one where John Snow um, in it. No, it's it's Nicholas Mahut and John Isner's marathon. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. kind of a mockumentary with Adam Sandberg and Kit Harrison. Harrison is John Snow. Kit right, Harrington. Okay. Oh, Kit Harrington. Yeah, Kit Harrington. I'm <laughs> falling through so, it now. Yeah, I, I I like these ones. You know, I, I think these tennis films they serve a purpose. Oh. Um, did you pick them just to shoehorn that <laughs> yeah, joke in? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Away we go, take it away. But no, they're they're really good movies and and they should be checked out. So this this latest restriction you've imposed on us where we're not allowed to talk about documentaries has restricted my list, albeit I do want to very briefly mention the the Ronaldo documentary in 2015 that was just because it was directed by a guy called Anthony Wonky, which I thought was amusing. We've got a book about his donkey. Has he got one eye? Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. I know the, I know the one you're talking about. So, a film that I don't really think I did like, but it was it was kind of iconic in in British sort of like culture for a while was Bend It Like Beckham. Everybody that was like that became like a a phrase, which I think is what spawned the the film. It was, it was a big performance for that girl that got famous, Kira Knightley. 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 And yeah, it's basically it's about a sea girl who wants to play football, which is not a very becoming of a of a young Sikh girl traditionally. I think they want her to do sort of more traditional things than than play football. I think there's there's quite there's a bit of homophobia in there because I think that you know the suggestion is that you know it's it's yeah it's it's a, it's a female football or women's football is a, a sport for lesbians is the 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 theme in the film. But yeah, I think they both fancy the same guy in it whose um, name I can't remember. He's quite a handsome guy. And yeah, they win a cup, I'm sure. And someone mm. bends it exactly like Beckham. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's... It was a breakout for both of them because Kieran Knightley obviously went on to do big things. But he... Jonathan Rhys Myers, yeah. is that the guy? That, is Possibly. that an actor? That's yeah. just come to he me. He was in train spotting. Was it? No. Or maybe I've got the wrong guy then. No, he, oh. was, he was Richard Reed in Fantastic Four, wasn't he? And he was no. also, no, I think, Owen Griffood. Is it? Yeah. We're going to have to cut all this. The, <laughs> the, the the Sikh lady that I very remiss of me, I can't remember her name, but she also went on to be in things like ER and other things. She, uh, she did quite well okay. off the back of this. Couldn't find the Because I think Kira Knightley went into, I think Kira Knightley went into Pirates of the Caribbean after this. Did she not land that? Yeah, she did everything. Well, she was in, in that. Yeah, but yeah. I, I wasn't sure was, if it was directly well, you after mean straight this. after yeah. this. Hmm, don't know. Kira pretty good. No. Pretty good. You've uh, mentioned it already, but Zidane, a 21st century portrait, yeah. is a different kind of take on a because it it's a piece of art. It's isn't just it? effectively a load of slow mo cameras just mm. tracking Zidane around, and it's soundtracked by Mogwai. He gets he gets a red, <laughs> and well, it is just such a a beautifully put together documentary. This because in its simplicity, the fact that they've just got 20 odd cameras tracking Zidane yeah. from every angle over the course of a match. Yeah, so they've obviously set this up. But what you've got when you've got someone like Zidane is you've got a Mozart on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So however it's going to play out, 
you're going to get some kind of performance. Yeah. You're going to get touches, it's and you're touch going to get well, absolutely unbelievable. And then if, then. if that's you've why got, he's better than that's yeah. why I like him more than Omri. In my if you've got 24 <laughs> cameras, just why going through because I'm an Arsenal angles. fan, and he's my second favourite player of all time. So this mm. is this is top top draw, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But in terms of an actual football movie, which is this one kind of is these glory glory days. I don't know if you've seen this one. I've seen it. Glory days. It's a semi autobiographical story by Julie welsh um it's the story of her becoming the first female sports reporter for a national paper and she is following well she's obsessed with tottenham hotspur so that's why i've seen it I and mean, it's the story of their double winning season right uh, Danny, that explains why i've not seen any yeah. of this but it sounds okay yeah it, it's yeah okay is about apt for it right. yeah it's the last time they're fucking any L- good as well lots though. of sports movies fall a little bit short i think of, yeah of hitting the heights of watching actual sport but you've mm. kind of got a captive audience in the fact that I will watch those movies because mm. I love the sporting arena. I love the the highs and lows that sport delivers in the case of a game in 90 minutes. You know, you can feel right at the top, right at the bottom and, and everywhere in between. So I think they'll always have an audience, but to get them right, to do good sports movies. Yeah, there's, there's a handful, isn't there, really? Not more. I think it lends itself personally better to a true story and almost certainly for me a documentary works best is is there any because football movies tend to be shit mm. i mean they they yeah. just can't yeah. they're hard to film they're hard to film because you know it's a big pitch whereas things that film well sporting wise like boxing tends to look quite good yeah because it's close quarters you can have cameras on it all the golf time. they seem to do okay as well you know yeah. i mean uh, films about is golf. another one Happy Only one. Pool. Oh, Pool and snooker and stuff. Oh, and I have actually seen <laughs> the legend of Bagger Vance. Or oh, my gosh. It's dreadful. Crap. Yeah. Tea Bagger Vance. Well, look, yeah. I've got a couple of golf ones, but Riggs, have you got yeah. something? Well, I, I was just going to say that maybe it doesn't capture the sort of highs and lows, the drama of a football game, potentially, but it does a movie can capture the feeling of what it's like to be a supporter. And one of those is Fever Pitch. Yeah, well, as an Arsenal fan, it would be totally remiss of me not to even mention it, but it's Colin Firth. He's a sort of Peter Pan type English teacher who's obsessed with Arsenal in probably arguably one of the most dramatic final minutes of any season of ever with Arsenal needing to to win the game at Liverpool's ground by two clear goals to snatch the title. And then we did it with fucking Mickey Thomas. You were that there. West Ham never did it. Fuck you. Uh, oh, right. Okay. So, um, all coming out there. It's yeah. a book by Nick Hornby, isn't it? Yeah. And it was also Rubbish. done, I think, in America with... Yeah. Maybe baseball or or something. It's actually really good. You don't you don't need to be again. It's one of those that's probably perhaps a little bit like our main feature later on. We talk about it. You don't need to be a football fan to enjoy Fever Pitch. You just need to know what it's. You know, it's got a decent romance at its core. It's funny and it's like a portrait of somebody who's obsessional about something, which lots of people are. So well. That, yeah, that's that's a good one. And a couple of the ones that I got with the golf. One was Roy <laughs> Tin Cup McAvoy, which was Tin Cup. Yeah. Kevin Costner. So, so. Happy Gilmore, that getting mentioned mm. as well, just Class. because it's one that Crap. everybody knows. It's but the one that I'd really like to mention is tappy. the <laughs> called The Greatest Game Ever Played. That's about Harry Varden's cool. exploits. Local man. A local man yeah. exploits at the US Open. And actually, it's the, about the first 
amateur ever to win the US Open, a guy called Francis. And he played against Harry Varden, who was the Tiger Woods of his day. He was absolutely fantastic, along with another guy called, oh, it will come to me later, but another Jersey guy, Ray someone or other, had a like a huge swing on him. In a huge well, there's, there was a thing that if you looked at the nationalities of golf's major winners... Um, Jersey was in like the top five or something like that. It's really weird yeah. stat, yeah. Because we've got a lot of golf. Harry Varden and here, Ray right? Finkel had won <laughs> ten or twelve majors. It was quite incredible. They 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 were. They were uh, how many so have you won? Just two at the moment. Just but I'm two. working on it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I've only got one. Shia LaBeouf is the the chap who plays Francis Wimay in this, and he plays the this golfer who's given no chance. He's an amateur. He shouldn't even be in the competition. It's a true story. And does he beat uh, any women a, in it? It's a really not with the golf club. But mm. No, there, there's uh, and it's obviously set back in the day where they have lots of. Um, golf golf and they have lots of balls yeah no and they have they have lots of rules for people that you know have in balls. the hierarchy of yeah, class yeah. and everything so. but golf's all about that bullshit still yeah, yeah. still well, well there's still clubs probably in like America more so oh well they, they so one of the majors would be the, the masters in Augusta and yeah. they fucking go on about it on about it it's like the most racist thing in the fucking world well you just can't have black people in the clubhouse or not something really like that. I don't think they have, they have, they're allowed to caddy I think there's, there's <laughs> are you shitting the, it's amazing well, they, I the think fuck? they changed the rules they tried not to. that long ago it's I think they only allowed wow. their first female member like two years ago or something like that. And that was Condoleezza okay. Rice, just as like a PR stunt. Oh, it's me. Okay. Well, seeing as documentaries have, have been mentioned, there, there was a documentary in 2019 made about, for me, the greatest player that's ever played football, Diego Maradona. Wow. What's quite interesting about this is, I mean, it shows, it kind of, it only like looks at one segment of his life. It's it's like post his his world record move um, from Barcelona to to Napoli, and then it's just he goes from being uh, a sort of a, I guess a world class prospect to being the the greatest player of his generation and for me of all time. In that time, however, there was a lot of other stuff going on in his life. There was a lot of womanizing. He became a fucking coke fiends he was a booze hound he got involved with the mafia like napoli obviously a lot of mafia connections there he was he, was, he had a few children didn't he he had yeah some children that that his his missus knew about and others that she didn't there were a few bastards none of whom ended up being anywhere near as good a football as as he was but i think it kind of i sort of mentioned this to to one of the lads from our football club who, who asked me who i thought was the best footballer um, of all time and I gave the answer Diego Maradona and I said look don't don't go on and look at grainy footage on, on YouTube because it'll have the same effect as it does for me with like Pele or people mm. from back in the day where I'm like I can't really enjoy this guy as much as I'm sure I would have if I'd seen him play but I, I said go and watch the film because it's you know the footage is good but the story of where he elevates himself and the club that he signed for a team that had never won the league in its at the time say 80 year history to then go on and win a couple of league titles, to win a European um, title as well. and But be pretty much the only kind of real household name in that team. In an era where that league was dominated by the best players in the world, he came in and just went straight to the very top. Amidst all of that, he also almost single-handedly won a World Cup for Argentina, mm-hmm. to the point where Napoli... And, and Neapolitans were supporting Argentina against Italy mm. because of the impact that Diego Maradona had, had in his life. There was a guy who famously, I don't know, I think he, he, he'll be okay now, 
the rule with in Italy is you can't name a stadium after somebody until they're dead. So what a Napoli fan had an injunction put against him because he wanted to murder Diego Maradona just so that the Sao Paulo Stadium it. could be called the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. Yeah. Really, mm. really cool film that encapsulates well thought through. What, you know his his life and his absolute genius as well. Cool. Just one more very quickly for me is the Damned United. Yeah, which is right. the the Clough. Yeah, the adaptation of um, the book, I think. Yeah, the same it, was, it was Brian Clough's Nightmare Days at... 45 Days or something, yeah, was it? Yeah, something Leeds, crazy Leeds at Leeds. I've got a problem with this film because Brian Clough was a fucking genius. He yeah. won back-to-back. He, I mean, his story is, is incredible, taking Knott's Forest from what the old second division to the yeah. first division, winning it, and then winning back-to-back European Cups. It's just... It's an almost unparalleled yeah. kind of journey. This was a, a genius and one of the best managers of all time. And this film is basically about his his failure um, to impose himself on a load of you know successful footballers but it, it doesn't paint him in a particularly good light which I'm not so there's, there's no film about the ridiculous a better film would have been what he did with Knott's Forest this was there is you know, it's the Friday it. night lights of football <laughs> management it's that they never mentioned that one in a long while yeah mm. Um, Wolves, Riggs. Just, I'll finish off with a couple. Shaolin Soccer, Stephen Chow. Really good. We've talked about that a few times. When Saturday Comes, a Sean Bean movie. I don't remember anything about it. Spoiler alert, he presumably dies. Um, I think he scores on a Saturday. And then dies. And then (laughs) Gregory's Girl. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Like a late, uh, early 80s. It had Claire Grogan. She was the first incarnation of Christine Kachansky on Red Dwarf. I sort of fancied her a bit. She, she went was on the to singer be of a, Altered Images. She went on to be a VH1 presenter. Vlogger. Mm. Mm. VJ, I think they called them. Yeah. It was good. Okay. Well, I had uh, Dragon Ball Z. There was loads of them um, when I was looking for, for balls. I've seen Dragon uh, Ball X. Dragon Balls X, Z, <laughs> and all the rest of it. Great Balls of Fire. I had that one as well. But pretty, there's there's only one Jimmy Grimble. Did you ever watch that? That was a terrible no, football sports no. movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just like the name as much as anything else. Jimmy Grimble. Did he have magic um, boots or something? And it was yeah, I think he did. It was a little bit of a rip off of Billy's Boots and things like that, which was an old comic. There's tons of others. Gold. There's that three of them, rubbish. isn't there? Is there yeah. three of them? Yeah, yeah. They were rubbish. You can't really. The first get one across. is actually not is actually watchable if you. Yeah, you know, but, but not if you actually like football because they don't. <laughs> you you just get really frustrated is watching actors something... who can't play football pretending they're dodging yeah. past a player and somebody's sliding in yeah. and it's like oh my lord that's, that's was it horrible. something then Newcastle then Real Madrid, Real Madrid or something like yeah. that yeah but then Real Madrid like got bored with it halfway through and <laughs> fucked it off so the third one became like a director video oh, really? like bullshit affair yeah 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 he was that... playing for Shadwell Town or whatever um. Did I mention The Great Escape, Steve McQueen? Because that scene there where he's just bouncing the ball on the in the prison room. And then he tries one to of, see how long it takes him to break that. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those kind of classic <laughs> scenes, isn't it? You know, he's taking another one for the team and he's back in the can and he's just bouncing the ball and things. So that, that one actually was in my mind when I first mentioned this and I told you it was all about football. That's it. Choose your weapon. Well, I've just got two more that I'm going to mention. One is 
It's wank, but it's quite funny. Mike Bassett, England manager. It's funny in the like it's blatantly just about Sam Allardyce. Would you take Would you take Mike Bassett now? Oh yeah, like he's he's my kind of manager. It's like it has all the cliche. There's like the you know there's the flash Harry with the car. There's the fucking you know the the, the drunk guy. There's the you know there's all the cliches from. Football too. I think he becomes England manager because there's like no one in the top two divisions that wants it or can do it. Literally it writing the team sheet on the back of a fag. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and then it's just then about his. But again, it it sort of harks to England's kind of like relationship with ultimately with failure. In the you know, I think they they don't go on to win the World Cup. I think they get knocked out in the semis as as often happens with with England. But yeah, it, it's it's blatantly it's all about the four four two and the long ball and and all Dan's of this. Kind like, of yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's basically a West Ham documentary. And the last one that I'll mention. I, it was a massively instantly forgettable film, but I think it like it probably has it got balls in it. Sidey. It's a film called Early Man, a stop motion animation from Nick Park. Oh, I don't gosh. know if you've seen it, but I know you hate Wallace and Gromit and stuff. I do, yeah. So this was, but it was like the the actor. It's basically there's cavemen and an asteroid comes down, and and when it eventually cools down, they start kicking it around and invent the game of football, and then they have a game of football against some other people that they lose on penalties. I can tell you I wasn't really that invested into the, the film itself, but it's got Eddie Redmayne, Tom Hiddleston, Maisie Williams, Timothy Spall, Richard Iowardi, um, and Johnny Vegas in it. So it's got some people that you'd think would be a lure, but I think it was crap. Okay. Richard Iowardi was a very good football player. Really? He? Yeah. On Travel That's... Man, he goes on about it, and then he's like, just fucked it off. I that yeah. really is surprising. It's very surprising. In the IT yeah. crowd, there's that episode where mm. they, him and, um forgot the Irish guy's name, but they, they have... They, they talk they, about their Arsenal. Like, oh, the yeah, problem with Arsenal. What's he doing taking Walcott off that early yeah. and stuff? Yeah, it's like all the cliches so yeah. that they can drink and talk about football. Right, Dan, what are you putting in? It's a tough one. I think I would probably look at going with football... And the one that I will go for is Escape to Victory. I know you chose it, Pete, but it was I, on my I, list. I, and I, did. I, I did. I'm kind of glad kinda you've done like that. It. I've done that because it, it reminded me of, I think, the first football film I saw when I was growing up. I think it was the first one most of us would have seen. Mm. And as you said, it had players in, had players that, yeah. that played for, for all these different countries. And it, it it got me going. I think the fact that you've shared a pitch with Aussie Ardiles is like well, there you is, go. Is yeah. cause enough for you to be able to pick that one because that's seriously impressive. I'm going to go with the documentary I mentioned about the greatest ever player, Diego Maradona. That's interesting. Then mm. I'm going to change up and I'm going to put dodgeball in. Ah, where was you going to go before that? Lebowski. Oh, they miss out again. Shaolin soccer. It's got to mm. be. Shaolin Soccer is decent, actually. I quite liked it. Get a few laughs in that. So we probably missed uh, a few. Let us know. We have had already some stellar nominations. So let's see what the rest of the week brings. Cheese, cheese. It's cheesy cheese. It's cheese time. It is cheese time. And today for your... What's the pleasure? Jeez. <laughs> What's the sense? Tasting pleasure. Um, 
yeah, completely. You had this before as well. Forgetting it's, words. Yeah, no, yeah. but you couldn't remember the word for listening. It's like all your <laughs> oh, yeah. senses are shutting down. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for the for our tasting pleasure, I've brought uh, three cheeses. Uh, one of them is a Beaufort from the Haute Savoie region in France. And how is that one on the scale? <laughs> oh, it's good. That's good. It's no, it's, it's decent. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. There's also a really, it's quite strong Dolce Latte from Italy. That was which very, is a, very good. Yeah, which is a soft, a soft blue cheese, and and then a truffle brie. Which I think it was a hit, certainly with the accompanying figs that I brought. Mm, not quite I, my tempo, that one. No, but you're a little bit frightened of truffle for some yeah. reason. So. Yeah. All enjoyed it? Oh, I, I, I enjoyed the brie. Yeah, the brie was good. Excellent. All I go like, well with a drop of red. I mm. like that uh, chilli jam stuff that you had there. That was good as well. Yeah, that is a homemade chilli jam. Yeah. Moving on from cheese then to a movie. Dan? Yeah. Went for something to keep with the the soccer theme, the balls. And uh, this film I'd watched a little while back and I loved the story anyway, knowing about it. It's it's based on the Danish football team's 1992 Euro Championship success. So it's called The Summer of 92. And it tells that story. So if you're a football fan, you already know the story. And if you're not a football fan... I would suggest that don't let that put you off this. It's a Mm. Danish film. It's not got any huge stars you would have probably seen, but it's got heart and it's got a a lot of nice characters. And the fact that it is on a true story, which was an incredible time, is an absolutely incredible feat for a team to do. It was really cool. I thought it it showed a different insight into what was you know, just the football game. It was all the build-up in and around that. So what do you think? Because it's a little bit different maybe to what you did. Adding adding to what you just said there about sort of football. I mean, I am a football fan and I was aware of of the 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 win by the danish team in this tournament and the the sort of like beating the odds and obviously we'll come on to it but the the fact that they didn't even qualify for the tournament initially but what i was unaware of was the extra layers of adversity that that mm. were going on behind the scenes for both players and the manager specifically in terms of you know not even being wanted as the manager i knew that michael laudrup who was a, a global superstar at the time did not see eye to eye with this manager and therefore omitted himself from from their selection. best player so yeah, their best player by far and away their best player but there were actually other other players who were pretty prominent at the time that who had definitely been in the squad who also didn't want to be selected because of because of this manager and I think, and we'll certainly come on to it as well. Well, Jan Mulby, I think, was Jan one. Jan Mulby was one, and <clears throat> Preben Ekiar is, is, was another one. There was, you know, there was a couple of guys there that, that certainly would have been in the in the starting eleven. So that's three, including, obviously, your talisman, Michael Laudrup. But, the, you know, the story that I was unaware of, actually, of Kim Vilfort as well, which we'll, we'll yeah. come on to. Yeah. I mean, the... This, this is an emotional film. It's a... Yeah, it's a... It is interesting about the football, though, because did you see the way they played football? Are you aware that there was With the back feet. pass? It was the back pass rule was still allowed then. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. Brought in. yeah. So the goalkeeper could pick it up and effectively you could pass it back to the goalkeeper to pick up and then he's just got to roll it to a player and slow down the game and, and kill the game. That this is when it changed, didn't so it? So this, this, this yeah. kind of changed after this, yeah. But that tactic was to some of these 
entertaining world-class players, just a tactic they didn't want to employ, which is why they didn't go for it but let's it wasn't, not get of course all that because football isn't all that you haven't got the ball all the time mm. let's not get too football nerdy let's try and get on the film and at least try and yeah do you reckon yeah, yeah they're, 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 they're on the search for a new manager is, is how we it's open up. following a, a legendary manager who i i didn't i wasn't aware of but that that's what's happened. There's been this great Danish coach. He was a German coach. He was a German coach. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. And they only want a foreigner to yes. succeed him. Yeah. I think they, they sort of, I mean, I don't know. We, we sort of, all of us know like some, some Danish people or certainly a, a Danish family, but I don't know what the sort of like necessarily the sort of typical character traits would be. But the most laid back people in the, in pre, the world. Pre if, laid, if they're anything but, but like they the people the, we the know. The Danish FA were pretty adamant that they didn't want a Danish coach for one reason or another. I just don't boring. think that, that they, sorry? They were all boring or something. Well, that's it. I think yeah. they just thought they were too sort of yeah. one dimensional and a bit sort of like, yeah. you know, stuffy in their, you know, in their ways. So, and because they'd had relative, must've been relative success because they certainly hadn't won anything before this, but they, yeah, they wanted to follow up they'd with the, the playing, German manager with another German manager. They, they'd been playing a f- sort of quite flashy brand of football and the top candidate for the job, the assistant to the previous guy, Richard Moller Nielsen, he's played by a guy, an actor I hadn't heard of, Ulrich Thompson. He had had great success with younger the age group teams, yeah. and he was sort of seen as this pragmatist, I think. He was always about trying to build a team rather than playing to, towards the individuals, and I think that had bit, that was a big change for the any yeah. team to potentially... Uh, have to undertake and i think he was also seen by some of these world cast players as the player that used to the the guy used to clean up the change of rooms afterwards Mm. and they were worried a little bit about his credentials and the respect that he would gather from the players going forward so they opt then for a another manager who then is is given the the job and we find out that actually he's still got a contract with another <laughs> mm. team. So they have to come back to Muller again in cap in hand, really, don't they? I mean, he skips over things. You don't go through everything. But next time you see him, he's he's out there holding well, his he, shirt, doing he, the he, interview as he, the manager. He goes for a job interview and it doesn't go particularly well. And he comes back and he starts ripping out his kitchen. Yeah. Well, they uh, don't even want to hear, hear his presentation no. or everything. They just say straight off, no, you're not eating. You're right. He goes it straight. He just comes straight home, starts ripping it, all his it, kitchen out. It alludes out. In, in the film, you don't see this as part of the process, but it alludes in the film later on that they that he was like fourth or fifth choice yeah. in the end. It, that they were not just this German guy, but there were other candidates who they wanted and couldn't get. So he, he wasn't highly thought of or highly regarded. Well, he by... tells his wife, that's what I'm going to do this summer. I'm going to fit us a new kitchen. Yeah. Because like, his quality is a kind of stoicism about him. But what ends up happening is a quite extraordinary turn of like global events, really, that yeah. ends up having the f- former Yugoslavia. They had won a qualifying group that the Danes hadn't. And then they weren't allowed to play in the because of UN sanctions, was it? Yeah, oh, because right. as a result of the the outbreak of you know the Balkan War. Yeah, so the Danes who hadn't been going to the European Championships suddenly find themselves going with ten days to prepare. The the sort of pragmatist, untested manager 
the talismanic player, like you said, not in the squad, definitely just won't play under this guy. And the and, European and no football championships yeah. about to start. They're, they're about to play the best teams in Europe. They've got a snip of the time that all these other teams have, have been knowing they're going and preparing for this. And they're having to call players back in on holiday to a, to yeah. a manager that they know he's going to be sacked because he never made mm. it through the qualifiers and they probably just didn't get round to it in time before they found out, wait a minute, we're, we're back in this. We're, we've been invited to play. So yeah. he, he's ready to, to go because it's all he's been preparing for for yeah. two years and the team are in. Yeah, And he brings, you get a quite a funny sequence where he brings the players in and you get Schmeichel coming yeah. in and some of the uh, Kim Vilfort comes yeah, in. And at this the, point, you've already seen... Kim Vilfort and and his wife and unfortunately the unfortunate circumstances with his with his family and you his have, daughter okay. you know suffering with leukemia and being treated for it but with an air of sort of positivity about the treatment so mm. I think the reason why Vilfort himself was initially okay with going to to the tournament was that, that it sounded like there was some positivity about his his daughter's condition at that time but then you, you also see quite sort of you know lighter hearted things that you know guys driving down the motorway and getting the phone call that yeah. oh, actually whatever you're going to do you're going to go off to the euros now and just kind of like chucking a u-turn on the motorway you see john i think it's john jensen having a an argument with his girlfriend who's he's, he's promised, promised to take her, her on holiday, holiday. Yeah. and then you know he he sort of like comes back quite amusingly with oh you know soon i'll be playing for real madrid and then yeah. we'll be able to afford whatever holidays you want and so on so yeah because he, he he does come across as a little bit of the, you know, he's definitely not like the star player or the, you know, the most talented player in making the squad. Making up the numbers, yeah, let's be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. making up that he's the water carrier, I think, as Dejan once called him. So they go to the Euros, unbelievably, and they've got a pretty shit accommodation, haven't they? And Well, it reminded me of really back in the day when before footballers became it's like going know, on the multi multi-millionaires it was more of a school trip exactly that you were they were sharing a, a room weren't they two single beds divided by you know a, a sideboard and that was it it yeah. was a pretty sparse room i mean you can imagine it would have been tough to get the accommodation the training the you know the equipment and everything pull that together in 10 days and, and you find out actually that they Later on, as they progress through, that the, the accommodation hasn't been sorted because nobody f- thought that they were going to do yeah, as well as yeah, they did. And that, that's the thing. I mean, sort of Jensen even says to his his girlfriend at the time, "Go, look, don't worry, we're, uh, we'll be we're back, back in ten in days. Nine days yeah. yeah, ten days because we're we're definitely going to go. We're going to play three games yeah. and then we'll." I, be I mean, home. I think it it probably helped. Not that, not that I'm saying that what they then went on to do was like easy, but it probably helped that it was in a neighbouring country. The the tournament in that, so it wasn't something that they then had to like then travel and acclimatize for a huge amount it was in neighboring sweden that, that the tournament you was also held. went straight from group stage to semi-final yes yeah yeah, yeah. it was reduced so it was only uh, eight teams yeah. then which yeah that makes sense in the in the entire tournament so yeah not as hard a path to a yeah. final but you know still an elite tournament nonetheless that they hadn't initially qualified for one of the interesting Parts of the story is watching this coach, Richard Muller-Nielsen, develop over the course of the games that they play. I have to confess, and I don't know whether anybody's got them down, I don't remember all of the results from the the game, so I couldn't tell you which order. I know that there was the extraordinary game with France, but do you yeah, remember them? Yeah, well, I, the the group games, they've England... So they drew... Drew with England. Nil-nil. I'm pretty sure they lost to Sweden, and I think yeah. they then beat France 2-1. Okay, 
off the top of my head. So improbably, they're yeah. going to come through this group. I mean, that that's a, that's a tough group in that, you know, England weren't world beaters and certainly didn't cover themselves in glory in that tournament, but they, they had a reasonable pedigree. France had always been a strong side and Sweden were the hosts as well. So they had their, mm-hmm. you know, own fans backing them in, in all the games. So... It was an incredibly tough group that they featured in. But they do get through. through. But he's still struggling to sell his ideas to the team. He hasn't got their best player there, Brian Laudrup, firing properly. He's playing a practical... Well, Brian uh, Laudrup's just at complete loggerheads with him. Yes. And when he did say he wasn't going to play, he was very abrupt. And he just said, I will never respect that man. Yeah. And now he's sort of come back into the fold to play, but... They don't see eye to eye, and it's not really, you know, shining just yet on the pitch. Yes, that that was it. That was an interesting point, wasn't it? Because the the Michael and Brian Loudrop brothers had both said they're not going to play for this guy. Brian eventually concedes and starts to play again. I guess because he wanted to play in a European Championship more than he didn't want to play for this guy mm. but he's still clearly not a huge fan of his no i, I, I wonder and, and this, this is just my own sort of like personal musings but i wonder if because brian louder is is it's it's not always easy to be the younger brother of the best ever yeah. player from that country and and michael loudrup was like widely sort of regarded as the best player in the world for for mm. a spell brian loudrup being his younger brother whether or not a bit of him would have thought, well, if ever there's a chance to step out of my brother's shadow, it yeah. can be in this tournament. So it's uh, like they he, never stated that, but it was definitely there. Absolutely. Yeah, and and so obviously he, but he still then goes along and quite evidently in training and even in the opening games is is not really you know demonstrating a willingness to mm. to run and and work hard for not his teammates but for the you know for the manager specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And the manager is so rigid in his approach. But as you said, Briggs, as it goes on and you start to follow the story, he, he's he been told actually by his assistant coach at one point that he's a brilliant coach, but you're not a great leader. Yeah, And there's, there's a couple of moments that help galvanise the group together. Yeah. And, and, um, and mostly it comes about because he listens to them. So John Jensen has been banging on. He's the sort of comic relief <laughs> yeah, in this. Yeah. And he's been banging on about having a McDonald's, for instance, yeah. in the movie. So one, you know, after the one of the second or third games, he stops the coach and says, yeah, go on, guys, fill your boots, get in yeah. and have a McDonald's. And and they're all in there. Yeah, I think it's just before the, the semi-final or something, isn't it? It's just before one of these hugely important games or, or the French game they had yeah. to go in. And they were going out otherwise, but... Yeah, well, they, meanwhile, they this in. is happening, though, the sort of emotional heartbeat of the movie. Unfortunately, Kim Vilfort gets a phone call. He, I remember the player, but they were definitely playing up that he was one of the key members of this team, Kim Vilfort. Yeah, I think he, he was, was the main striker was. in that yeah. team, yeah. And he gets the call to to go back because his daughter is not doing well. Yeah. And 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 these were some tough scenes, weren't they? Well, they were. I mean, it, it, so what effectively happened, I think it was after the first game, Villefort, or certainly it was there was a game or two had been played. Then he, he was sort of like got the call from his family to, to sort of go to... Yeah, it was the France to, game. To his daughter's side. That he missed. Yeah. yeah. So he's missed the game and he's watched it on telly, but they've qualified. But sort of Moller Nielsen, I think he even says to him, like, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see you in a few days. It, well, mm-hmm. his, his reaction was 
almost a little bit strange first it of was, all, wasn't yeah. it? He, he kind of went in, he goes, we, his first thought was with the team, I think, mm-hmm. you know, rather than with the player. And I think for, and I think that showed a little bit of, of Muller. He, he just had that, in him, that, that kind of single-mindedness. Mm-hmm. The blinkers were fully on. And I think that's why he didn't connect and engage with, with players yeah. as well as, you know, he, he might have and in, until things were pointed out to him. And then I think he goes, oh, OK. And then he could he could turn and see it. But in in he was that kind of character. And yeah. I think that's why he alienated a lot. Ooh. But this scene here where he just goes, yeah, well, OK, we'll see you back. So it kind of worked in his favor. He yeah, said, oh, we'll yeah. see you back all, here Almost like go and, go and take the done. time yeah. with your family. And, and then come we're, back. we're still going to be here. You know, if if you can come back, kind of thing, which you know, which well, ended, no, he which again because it's close. I guess it was just yeah. over the border. But the, I mean, before that, his like Mola Nielsen's approach is very like it's almost like anecdotal. It's like he he references curling a couple of times and like talks about how you know it's like chess on ice and it, the the tactical nature of it. But he's really not connecting with his players on any level. They see that as like an old fashioned mm. like you know sport that they've got no interest in. And it's only when he has the things like the McDonald's, and I think before that, it's the the crazy golf. They just like stop yeah. off and play crazy golf, and and like the bonding that happens and camaraderie that comes from that. That he's kind of like stumble, like you say, he kind of listens to his assistant and to players, and just says, you know, ordinarily that wouldn't. He was a very like pragmatic, mm. serious manager, and then all of a sudden he's like, well, I'm on a hiding to nothing here. Why not let them go and play mini golf or eat at yeah. McDonald's because they'll be ha- they'll be happier and it'll be a nicer environment at the at the least. Yeah, but v- Vilfort's child is not well, and he's back with her. She has an operation. There's a really awful scene when they're that, all yeah, lying that, in bed together. It's really it is yeah. tough stuff yeah. to watch. It's yeah. really but then, then you do see them and, all as a family to... enjoying the the France game together and sort of being mm. happy and celebrating the fact that they've beaten France and they've qualified for the semi-finals. But as she recovers from her operation, she sends her father back to the yeah. European Championships. She likes watching him on TV. Yeah, and then it comes to that lovely scene actually when he returns mm. and they're all on the training pitch all the players and everything and they're all a bit i don't know tensions are high it's it's getting to that kind of part of the game and that took part of the tournament high stakes where it's high stakes so even in training as they are now it's it tension isn't you it, it's palpable in the air and mm. i think the the coaches are just there aren't they sort of looking over pondering what to do when uh, Kim Cloisters comes back into the fold. <laughs> and, uh, what's his name? Kim Vilfort. Oh, that's it. Right. Kim Cloisters is uh, a tennis player. Isn't tennis, a female, female tennis, tennis player. player. <laughs> so so it's close. it was really weird seeing that female tennis player yeah, just wander yeah. onto the, the, the screen then. Meanwhile, he's been encouraging John Jensen to shoot in, pra- in practice. He's yeah. been showing him how to strike the ball. Absolutely. Stanch is wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, manager yeah. himself like shows him how it's done, but that yeah. that's in the build up to the final. Like, yeah, they had, they had the semi final first of all, which against... again had a lot of drama against the Netherlands. The Dutch... It finishes two all. There's a penalty shootout. Marco van Basten of all people mm. misses his pen, and and re- really poignantly, Kim Vulfort is one of the successful penalty takers. Mm. The Danes score all of their penalties, and against all odds, Denmark it, in the final. Miracle, but it's no, uh, it, it, it's, it's no kind of reward because they're playing the world champions in the final. 
they they lost a few players to injury as well yeah oh the the guys the kneecap the the kneecap i remember seeing that yeah as it happened the the sound is horrible yeah he is screaming and his kneecap is is not where it used to be it cut to footage then didn't it and it cut to actual footage then the film yeah Yeah. which it did intermittently through the football Well, that's probably worth saying i think they because they use real footage of the games and the goals and 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 things as well as sort of you know staged footage of of the actors sort of running about a bit it's never going to be seamless and and perfect that but i thought the use of real footage gave it a lot more like like artistic sort of value than than what we were talking about before in in football scenes where there's films where it is just sort of like actors and slaloming around and it and it just and it just not looking like mm. genuine at all or authentic in the slightest. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. He's been having this long running mental battle basically to unlock the potential of Brian Laudrup, and now mm. he needs him in the final. He absolutely needs him, and he tells him. It starts off as a very interesting conversation where he starts telling him uh, about how much football he's watched. And he's like not really very interested, Laudrup. And he's telling him, no, no, I've watched, you know, three games a week, every week for 30 odd years. And this is the total amount of minutes. And he's like working out all the the numbers and all that thing. And Laudrup's kind of looking at him and it's not really clear, you know, where he's going with all this. And then he's like, he just says to him, you're the best player I've ever seen in all that football that I've watched. And And he's kind of like, you know, it's starting, you can see something starting to unlock in him. And yeah. he's like, no, 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 you are the best, best player. Then. And it, it's like you say, it's all that stuff about coming out of his brother's shadow. It's this thing about the team needs him and he can do what he can do for the team. If he plays along with the strategy, they've got this far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but and- what he does is at the same time as, as giving him that praise and, and reconnecting with him, he then also goes against his his own judgment and says, "Just go out go and, and play, play how you want to play." Yeah, because that's where you get the success. You know, you, you have to be like with all of these, with any professional sport. Obviously, the amount of training and and you know repetition that has to go into mm. it. He's got them organized. He's got them like you know set positions and patterns and where they have to be at certain points and so on. And it's. It's very boring. The players find it boring. Some of them buy into it. And obviously the, the the more kind of flamboyant players absolutely didn't want to. But he concedes to Brian Laudrup and says, look, go and do your thing. And everyone else, everyone else will, will look after the, the yeah. team shape and so on, which is kind of what you do with these geniuses and, and like the, the supreme talents in, in a team. Yeah. He'd also let them all have sex the night before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah, <laughs> There's a there's a scene of him walking down the corridor of the hotel yeah. and all you can hear is loads of That's of the moaning. assistant who's totally like constantly... unrealistic sexual encounters where women are actually enjoying themselves yeah. and having orgasms and stuff. Yeah. I, I assumed he had imposed a sex ban on the players. Because that, that was, then is they were supposed to have separate accommodation, the wives, when they came down. Yeah. Because yeah. if no one's booked that for the final because we really didn't think that, you know. Yeah. So he uses that. He says, Right, as we've made it this far you know, the wives will be staying with the players. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so they obviously haven't been allowed to up until that point. Yeah. But what are you saying? The players were jacking each other off. Is that what? No. <laughs> I don't see why not. No. It's probably they're pretty, after they're after the game, they, they may have been because against all odds, they playing the world champions, Germany, 
And against all odds, John, John Jensen, Jensen fucking bashes one in from about a million yards <laughs> John into Jensen the top corner. Absolutely tonks one into the top corner. Yeah. And he's never scores. He, he's just no. not that player. He hasn't got the ability to do it. We've seen that in his earlier training at sessions where even the, the, the managers put him in the top corner and, and Jensen's not there for that. He's there to enforce, break up yeah. play, pass it simply to players like Brian Lowdrop who can play. We've got the second goal that's scored. And again, it cuts to that real footage, doesn't it? Mm. So it was a fantastic goal mm. by, by Kim. Kim. Well, that, Kim. That's, that's, it's, it's Kim. almost Kim. I mean, it's got, it's got to be said, if, if, you, if this wasn't a true story, and this film came out and someone had It'd made it. It'd be like Mighty you, Ducks you or something like that. You wouldn't believe it, wouldn't it? it, would it, be, would, yeah. it wouldn't it's, believe it. You, no. you absolutely, it would be too far-fetched. Mm. The the ridiculous levels of adversity and, and challenges that they'd had to go through to even get there in the first place. You're not there, you're there. Yeah. Somebody's, there's a war, you know but, you're in. Yeah, with, you're with there, the manager, you know. with the players and so on. And then for those two guys, especially to score in the final, I mean, mm. obviously that Brian Lowry, that would have been a nice kind of arc as well mm. for him to score. But Jensen, who is the guy that is not there to score and is kind of told, look, you know, stop practicing your shooting because it's, it's just not. Well, in a way, he, he absolutely embodies Moller Nielsen's idea of football. Yeah. Because he's just practically runs up and down, he moves left and right, does what he's told, don't shoot, you do this, you do that, yeah. you yeah. go and here. He comes up with a snorter. <clears throat> and then obviously, the, the the incredibly emotional sort of story mm. of Kim Vilfort and him scoring. It, it's just, it you know, I don't believe in sort of divine forces mm. and so on, but, you know, something, you know, the universe does work in strange ways sometimes. And for him to get what was ultimately the goal that sealed this ridiculous against all odds victory, there's something in that. And, mm. you know, it's, it's yeah, incredible. A, a ridiculous story that you couldn't make up. And having that huge emotional thing bigger than that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having that going on for him and and not knowing that i mean obviously yeah. i knew about denmark's remarkable victory but not knowing yeah about kim vilfort really was quite yeah so it, it turns out right at the end you you know that it's like it's the first thing actually is the the film ends it's the first kind of thing in six weeks after the final kim vilfort's daughter is lena away. her name was lena, yeah, yeah. And it's like straight away, just after you've had, yeah. just punching the guts, wasn't yeah. it? It was like it was. fucking hell. And then it dresses it up with also, a couple of other nicer facts with like. So Moller Nielsen is never quite accepted, even no. despite his remarkable, you know, evolution as a person and taking these players on this incredible journey and doing this against all odds thing. Yeah. He still wasn't respected. He was never he, named. It says he, at the end, he wasn't named. Two tournament. He took him into another two tournaments. He was named Danish. World Coach of the Ever, not Danish. Again, it was. You know, a little a bit of belligerence there mm. from from the Danish FA, but I, I think he became respected, if not necessarily universally loved. Which you, you know, you have to. There's, there's, yeah, no arguments. Well, he's won against all odds, and I think for me, it was just one of those. As you said, if it, it's a story you could have expected Hollywood to make up, but the fact that they didn't was. And I watched this live as well. So to see a film, and it's a low budget Danish film. I mean, mm. it's not particularly high budget. I wouldn't yeah. have thought. It's not many reviews of it the, out there. There's or... no budget information out no. there. I mean, but I do have a box office. Oh, yeah. really? How many kroner? 
Oh, I don't know in Corona terms, but 3.1 million US. Well, okay. I would think that was probably a hit then. It's because got to I be a winner. I didn't know anyone from this. No, no. but they're pretty good. I mean, I yeah. thought yeah. the acting yeah. is, is of a decent standard in yeah. this. I don't think you'd mistake any what, of them. What I would say is the actor who plays Brian Ladrup's a fucking good footballer. You see like mm. montages yeah. of him. I mean, he's a guy who knows his way around a football. It's not that yeah. John Jensen's character. He was great. Yeah, but yeah. He, he was a great actor, but you can tell he's not really... The way he kicks a ball and everything, it's all a little bit awkward, which is probably what John, Yen- John Jensen actually kicked a ball like. Well, he ends up getting a move to my club, Arsenal, amazingly after all yeah. this. And yeah. There's a bit of a funny he's- story about him as well, because he, he was essentially the same for Arsenal, kind of loved by the fans because he ran around a lot, but yeah. he never, never scored. scored. Well, he did no, he score. Did. It took him he over scored. Our- 120 odd no it was 99 games, games oh, because right. they were selling John Jensen 100 not <laughs> right. out t-shirts outside and he absolutely belted one in against QPR right uh, curler from about 30 yards yeah into yeah, the top right goes corner. off celebrating for it it's gone in yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> it's an unbelievable one on YouTube have a check it out great moment well th- this was I, I, I thought it was you know it, as far as sports film goes as far as far as football films goes I thought this was one of the better ones if you're watching the Euros and the misses had enough of it already, but you still kind of want to watch a bit of football, <laughs> then this is a great film to to bring her into the the excitement of what it can mean to a nation and what it can mean to a to a team and everything. Yeah, I I liked it. I I thought it was at its laughs. It was certainly emotional as well, but as a as a true story, a feel good film. Good. Yeah, I I would recommend this as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd uh, yeah, really do you enjoy it? Did you, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I did. I thought this was like good. It's like, <laughs> good. <laughs> it's like you said the the fact that it's a true story makes it worth and watching. It's in and Danish. they are good I like actors. That the Danes they, have done it themselves. You know, I mean, and it's I not guess. a highly publicized film. I I checked. It hasn't been reviewed on a lot of the movie review sites that I like to look on. So you know, we should get out there and spread the word about this because it is really worth watching. Yeah, I really enjoyed it when. Kim Clijsters scored in the final. I was in fucking bits. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. bits. I fucking cried. And did you know that you knew the result and everything? Or I knew. I knew of... that they they'd won it. I, to be honest, I didn't even know who they'd beaten in the final. Right. And I certainly couldn't remember the semi final. So the players no. playing in those teams that they beat mm. were fucking. Oh, unreal. I mean, this, so that's the so so vintage. They, they beat the Dutch holders team. of the Euro, the, mm. the European Championships in Holland in the semi final. And then beat the, the World Cup holders mm. in Germany mm. in the final. It's just they you went could not it. write this. No, it's no. just unbelievable, and for it to be a true story. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would recommend it heartily. Yeah, I, I would, I'd recommend this to people who don't really have any kind of interest in football. But just mm. as a, as a story, it's tough to call it a feel good story because obviously there is an amazing it, amount of feel good in it, but the, human the, the tragedy behind it, yeah. it as well. Yeah, it's it's just a great film all round. Dan, we got a kids TV. It's a Netflix kind of remakey type thing. Yeah. Did you ever pick this up the first time, Monkey? A bit. Monkey, Pigsy, Tripitaka. Mm. Need to take Princess across China. And that was the, the story. And it was fan-fucking-tastic when I was a kid. So I was pretty excited when I saw this come out a little while back. And it's 
the Australians, I think, isn't it, that have done this? Yeah, Australians and New Zealand. Australia and New Zealanders, yeah. And they've then kind of taken part of the the story of the old monkey or the the traditional story, I guess, of it and modernised it up and, and, and brought it into th- this century. Just mm-hmm. before you go any further on this, Dan, I didn't get round to watching it. Oh, right. unfortunately okay. it was for no reason other than i kind of forgot and then ran out of time and stuff so oh, right. in the way that you tr- have treated loads of our nominations with utter disdain and not watched it and then sort of then tried rescuing it by saying oh now you've got to convince me to watch it i'm going to do the same so oh, nicely done chance. nicely done okay the full title of this one is new legends of monkey yeah yeah so the new is right there this the episode that we watched was hope must never die Mm. Yeah. Season one, episode one. Yeah. Mm. I agree with that sentiment. Which which is the words that our protagonist in in through this first part of the because this is a series, it's not just a one off. We've got like I think two series yeah. of this. Um, Did you so do you watch this with the kids? Yeah. Did you watch this with your offspring? No. I did watch this with my daughter and the there's a scene in the bar. No, monastery that she goes into. Right. Where it it reminded me of the start of the new Mortal Kombat film. And it's this sort of, it's quite violent, you know. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh God, my daughter was completely fine with it. Like, yeah, people people get killed, you know. Yeah, but it's not like blood and guts. It's it's more sort of magic blue lasers and shit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of... It, and wind. You know, it's fantasy. It, it's, it, it comes down to lots of different ways, but they're not gory kind of things that would make you recoil in horror or anything so my confession is that i watched this but i didn't really have a clue what was going on at any point right from almost the second it started till the 24 minutes later when thank god it fucking ended so it didn't land for me because I, i i don't know it just was like this whole mishmash of like different like lore and all this, you know, climb this and well, the, God, the, the essentially the gods them. have been overthrown and defeated by yeah. demons. So, yeah. so the monkey god is now. Who though? But who? Just story. Just yeah. Okay. The, so the, the, bad guys. The, ki- the kind of story of monkey then, and they don't really touch into it at this this stage. She's got the fucking what is that thing that she's got that everybody wants? The the crown. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's that's monkey's crown. Right. And, Basically, going back, Monkey was this brilliant, like, uh, god. You know, Mm. he was the monkey god. And he was always playing around and everything. And he playing around so much that one of the... They said, oh, you can look after the peach garden. And the peach garden is where peaches would fall off these trees, very special peaches. Mm. And Monkey started to eat them all. And they so they locked him in stone for five hundred years mm-hmm. to stop him and to Eating teach him the peaches. Yeah, to stop and to teach him patience. peaches for free. So this is peaches for free, peaches in a can. And then he's eventually found by, by you know the prophecy, and Tripitaka is the one that is chosen to to find uh, Monkey and put this crown back on his head and start the fight back against the demons and things. Yeah, and then meanwhile, sort of young Sauron. Is kind of turned up doing stuff. He was cool. The leader of the bad guys. Oh yes, yeah. 
So the, again, one of the one of the demons that knows this prophecy is becoming true again. Knows that it's about five hundred years. Somebody's going to find monkey and get him out of the rock. Yeah, I need to to nip that in the bud. See, look, look. This is a prime example, right? This mm. is how interesting it is us talking about. It. Pete's actually looking at his phone. He's that bored, like right? You really didn't get this. Side, so, did, did you did you enjoy any of this? Yeah, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we've done uh, the first three episodes. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, we really got into it as well. Yeah. And you guys, I think, just didn't give it um, a big enough shot in Pete's case at all. And you maybe... Um, maybe it was just... wrong timing or something. Yeah, Try it again. But I didn't feel enthused to... It's like this weird mishmash of like Asian stereotypes and like lasers and fucking hands and like well, it's, people it's actually a lot jumping of the... around and just being no, weird. No, you are wrong because... Uh, <laughs> Because it this is actually comes down to lots of the time there's there's moral lessons in it and they're they're boring. They they come from maybe Buddhist teachings and things like that. And there's a lot of different, you know, interesting characters with within this. I actually preferred the old, old one. Yeah, I did. We didn't we didn't get to see it. It was better back in my day. This is good. I enjoyed it. The kids would never have gone into the old one, but this one they did and they started to enjoy and we'd look forward to watching an episode all sat down together and it was that nice family Mm. entertainment where, you know, one of mine is a little bit older than the other. You know, there's six years difference. So to find something that hits the Mm. sweet spot Mm. is near on impossible. But this was one in our house that went down well. I want to clarify that I didn't not watch this because I didn't want to give it a chance. I just forgot yeah, yeah. and then ran yeah. out of time. It Don't was... give a fuck. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's good. The girl who plays Tripitaka is hot. Yes, okay. she is. Has... Especially when she shaves her head. Yeah, it has the lady that we've seen in a few things. She's all in, in all the Taika Waititi films. She's the social services woman in World yeah. of, World of um, People. Yeah. She, she's the woman with the eye patch yes and and pigsy as well he's someone that's been in a few different aussie films and shows come to bad dad's film review for the detail <laughs> yeah analysis <laughs> this is that was that guy he was yeah. in that thing it's good it's light-hearted but it has fighting and it has some sort of cheesy special effects and me and my daughter watch it together and enjoy it it's it's good i think you should give it another go I it was a bit Zelda Warrior Princess for me, and it just didn't land. And there's a weird thing Zena? where, oh yeah, that's the one. Who did I say? Zelda. It's that that's different one. Yeah, as well. The whole I don't know. It was all, all like Maori, Australian cast playing like a homogenous sort of Chinese Indian culture. It's like I don't know, just. Mixed up for you, too. Yeah. Too mixed up. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I, I, I certainly think the story is strong, and I watched both episodes, both seasons. Sorry, with with the the family, and we really enjoyed it. We, mm. you know, we'd be waiting for another one to come out. It's not yet been renewed for season three, though. I have to tell you. Is it not? No, that doesn't mean it hasn't been, but just hasn't been. Not yet. yet. Not yet. Hopefully, that's been a, a COVID thing. Slow year. Yeah. Would you give it a go based on the sort of mumbling nonsense that you've heard here? I think so. I didn't. I, I'd be lying if I said I, I watched the original, but I know about the original. I've seen some bit like a monkey guy on a cloud and yeah. and some stuff. I've but seen. It needed a bit yeah. more of that. Yeah, yeah the, I've seen. 
So it, yeah, I'd, I'd this give is it the a first whirl. episode, so it's it's always one of those ones. I wouldn't want to put you into episode four, and I know there's a lot more yeah. that happening because you you wouldn't. Have I want instant up. gratification. Mm, yeah, I was well, instantly is, gratified by this. Well, yeah. yeah, okay, well, fair enough. Well, it's Maybe twenty that minutes be. long. Twenty, mm. you know, you don't it's have to long. invest too long before you you've learned the the characters, and once you start seeing the girl in it a little bit more, yeah, it's, it's worth it hanging around for yeah she's brilliant brilliant she really was i'm quite excited because it's peter andre's nomination weeks and he's been teasing us so yeah my nominations so let me just find them quickly so midweek mention i wanted to keep the tenuously keep the football theme going so a film that i mentioned a couple of weeks ago that i watched a while back was raising kane but this isn't about harry kane it's a brian de palma film with john lithgow in it and i'd like us to watch that <laughs> as the midweek mentioned that's a brilliant little segue in there i like that thanks the the top five now I, I might get shot down because we may have done this before, but I think it's uh, poignant for two reasons. Number one, because it was Father's Day yesterday, and also because it is the title of this podcast. Bad Dads. Yeah. Th- have we done that? Have we, we have done, done that. Yeah. We, yeah, have, we? Yeah. we have done that. It's not on the oh, list of ones on the side. What's your so second? I, I came up with... Uh, I, I genuinely am struggling with top fives now. Another one I came up with was Fights. I don't I know if that's been fight done. Seeds. I think we've had that, haven't we? Well, let me find out. <laughs> There's been hundreds of them now, yeah, right? Yeah, we're well into yeah. yeah, and and not all of them are on the website, which is your fault, Reeks. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so your yeah. all of this is your fault. So I'll come back with a, a better, not been done before top five, maybe with somebody's help at some point. The what main... about a movie? You're going to go for Moonlight, Promising no. Young Women. No, 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 no. We're not going to go for those other two things that I I nominated, but. I'm going to go for a film. Again, I know nothing about this film, but again, using the same criteria that I came up with the, those last two, I'm going to go with the film Hell or High Water. Oh. Anyone seen it? No. no. Excellent. So I couldn't tell you. Okay. But okay. I, I will, more will be revealed about that. What year is it? Uh, something. Is 2000 it? and something teen. Okay. It falls within the... The boundaries. Yeah, the, the kiddie producing years. Yeah, okay. So I, 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 what I read about it, reaching. it sounded really fucking good. <laughs> All right. So okay. I, I've got high hopes for it, and it could, but it could be total ass. Yeah. No idea. And the kids, I think we're we're now in this kind of pattern of, of picking things more for ourselves than for the children. Yeah. This is a little bit of a nostalgia fest, but on the off chance that it's fucking terrible... The best bit about it is only five minutes long. Okay. Trapdoor. Are we going to do a particular episode? Or I think we'll just go for, for one one. Or... Just like the yeah the, the introduction okay. of the Trapdoor characters. A season one, episode one. Trapdoor. Yeah. So listen to the pod and also make sure you force someone else to listen to it. Yeah, tell them. Just, that's the, the number one thing that you could do to help us out is just tell someone else. Threaten them. Well, that and give us money. No, we don't want your money yet. But press yeah. the pod onto them. Yeah, just, I'll just just convince someone else to listen to it because that'd else. be really great. Yeah, so we'll have more amazing content just like this coming out next week. But until then, Sadi signing out. Reeks is out. <laughs> Whispering Reeks. <laughs> Dan's gone. Farvel. <laughs>